You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> In the past six months to a year, I've been uh, reading voraciously uh, about the brain. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of research being done on brain health, uh, also how the brain functions, how the brain uh, stores uh, habits, uh, you know, in, in the context of things like PTSD, um, you know, just, just life habits, things like that. You know, people that are tremendously successful, you know, what do they tell themselves? How do they live? Focus. And so, uh, yeah, so I've got my wife, Anna, here uh, today. Mm-hmm. Now, Anna... I wasn't telling you to focus. I was just talking about the, <laughs> the brain's ability to focus. Sorry. Sure you were. <laughs> but, well, uh, brain, this, brain this, plasticity, Yeah, right? brain plasticity. I've been reading a lot about that, talking to a lot of people, um, Darby Schlosser and... Uh, and uh, uh, Townsend Carter, working with uh, Parkinson's patients and using boxing to help them uh, live a healthier, more productive life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just so much out there right now. It's a, it's a daily thing. You and I have been doing this, so we're just daily absorbing this. And all of it for us in the context of adding some little ones to our family and, mm-hmm. you know, being concerned about their development, you know, because right. there's just, again, so much being done with kids and adults on, on brain health. And one of the first things, I read a book by uh, Charles Duhigg. It's called The Power of Habit. And in that book, uh, now he's a journalist. He's not a, a brain it's scientist. It's an incredible book, yeah. Yeah, and, and he just talks about, you know, he interviews a great number of people. There are a number of case studies uh, cited there, and it's a very, very popular book. It's called The Power of Habit. Um, and he uh, teaches us a lot about the brain and mm-hmm. how the brain processes information. And and uh, the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is uh, we've been, you know, going through our classes to get licensed to foster to adopt. And, of course, uh, as we found out, uh, we've been to five classes now. Six now. Yep. Six now. Yep. Uh, and so we still have four more to go. Yeah. Um, but a lot of this is about behavior and... and uh, Attachment. You know, attachments and and uh, solving problems and understanding problems. And, and creating uh, new pathways in a child that has um, faced trauma in exactly. any way. And right? that all goes back to all the stuff we've been you know, right. studying and learning about. So It's fascinating. So I, the reason why I wanted to interview you today, Anna, uh, and you're, you're my guest today, uh, <laughs> is this is something that you have been do- doing as just a matter of habit with all of a the habit. clients that you... Uh, train. Yeah. Uh, you're a lifestyle coach, um, and, and you're very, very positive. You know, very. We we have a, a a a welcome mat at our door that says "Hello, gorgeous," and it's it's one of Anna's clients gave it to her because every time she talks to a female client, that's what she that's what she says. And so you're very positive. You put a lot of uh, good stuff into people, and you're very, very diplomatic. And you always find try to find positive outcomes. Where did you learn that from? And, and let's just talk a little bit about the power you have found that to have in your life and certainly into the lives of others that you put that into. Well, um, you know, like you, I, I, I'm a researcher. That's what I do. <laughs> and I believe in research. And um, one of the things that um, have come up over and over and over is w- what you speak into other lives really affect them, being, you know, your, your family or your clients or your friends. And so anytime you speak something positive, uplifting, you will see that person 
change. They change their, their, their body language. They change how, you know, the, the walls are not up anymore. And there's actually a little video on Facebook about um, when you call somebody beautiful. So they have all these different um, young people all different ages, races, all of it, and they say, oh, you're very beautiful, and you can see their faces changing, you know? And so I think, you know, we live at a time where compliments are, they're, they're not given as often, I feel, you know? People are too busy, and so we don't have as much time, and I feel that whenever you, you take the time to compliment somebody, not lie about it, just find something that you you think find a positive. positive and give that you are you are going to better that person's day and so they'll have a different outlook um, I actually teach my clients to talk to themselves that way right. and and if you ask me where I learned that from that's where I learned it from uh, at, at one point in my life I had to do that to myself and uh, I, I used to have very low self-esteem due to many life events in my life, and, and then I wanted to change. And one of the most powerful tools in order for that to happen was waking up each day and speaking out loud uh, positively to myself. And so I was like, hey, it works for me, it will work for others. And, and that's, that's really where I started all that quite a few years ago now. And the thing is, I, you know, go we're very we're all very aware of what the opposite does mm -hmm. oh my god look at you you're fat mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what the heck is wrong with your eyes you know mm -hmm. you say anything why like did that, you cut your hair like that right you know it's just you know, sometimes it can, it can be subtle it, too it can be devastating yeah you know it can be devastating but that same amount of power done on a consistent basis i mean that 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 we call that abuse we call that verbal abuse sure because it has that much power. Mm -hmm. Suggestion, you know, acceptance from others, these are, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, these are very, very important needs for every human being. Yep. And, and so if we understand that and realize that we can make somebody's life better, we can even make our own life better, as you said, mm -hmm. just by speaking positively. Now, don't lie. You know, I, I'm not going to stand in front of the mirror and say, oh, you're so tall, because I'm not. At 5'10", <laughs> I'm just not, right? No, but you can find three or four things that right. you love about yourself, and you, you, that's all you need. You so know? would you suggest that? Uh, if you're going to do this, sit down and take an honest inventory? Or, or do you do the thing where you ask a loved one to do that? You know, I think it should always start with your own self. Um, because at the end of the day, when we put all of the power of our well-being into somebody else's hands, it's very fragile. It's not even fair, right, to others. Uh, because they might be having a bad day and they forget to tell you, and now you are you're having a bad day. And so I think you should always start with ourselves. And I guess it's important too because uh, if you need external validation, you're going to be at the mercy of exactly of external validation or abuse. It right? can be used as a as a weapon, right. you know. So I think we, I always tell my clients, you know, wake up each day. Say three things you love about yourself. Say it out loud. You know, uh, that's another thing that there's many, many studies on that. But the power of actually verbalizing out loud, not just thinking it, but actually verbalizing, very powerful. And I have some other things like the, I call it the beauty ritual, but I have them put on lotion yeah, and, and a little bit of makeup. Talk about that in detail, like what, how you do it. Well, okay. So it's a little bit more involved in that. 
think about this, Terry. You know when you buy a brand new car and you just put in, you know, all of your savings into it and, you know, you got, you got your financing and all that. Think about how you take care of that car. You mm-hmm. wash it every week. You, you don't have any food spill, you know, anywhere. And you're just very careful because it has such value There's to no it. food allowed in the vehicle. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and then if you have an old car that you no longer feel like it has such value, it's paid for, um, you, you take your dogs in it, you know, you just, you're just not as careful with it. And a lot of times that's how we treat ourselves. If we feel that we are not in the shape, that we don't look how we would like to look, we are just not as careful with ourselves. We don't love ourselves. We don't take good care of ourselves. But the thing is, is that on the surface is one thing, but that it goes a lot deeper than that. Because if you are not taking good care of yourselves, that's in everything. So you're really not eating the right things when it comes down to it. So, okay, so that good card that you take really good care of is going to look great for a lot longer, right? Because you just take good care of it. Well, if you just take good care of your body today, you end up looking how you want to look just because you take such good care of your body. Right. You love yourself, you accept yourself, and our minds work very differently. We think, once I look like this, then I'll love myself. The problem is, and you and I have faced that because we work with beautiful, gorgeous models all the time, Who is that... are self-conscious about Yes, something. You, you can look from the outside and think, oh, that girl, she probably has no confidence problems. And usually the, those are the girls because all of their worth is in... External how, validation. External, yeah. And so take good care of yourself regardless how you look. That's the only body you have, you know, and you end up looking better and bettering as a consequence. Mm-hmm. So that's that's about the that's what the beauty ritual is all about. I guess if you if you look at that you know we've gone through this. You know we we at for a period of time we wanted to leave Las Vegas and we wanted to live in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we decided we still do. Yeah, we still do, <laughs> but we've decided that we're going to stay in Las Vegas for a little mm-hmm. while longer, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now during that time that we wanted to leave we could we could find nothing to say positive about Las Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. And and now when we changed our mind and decided we wanted to be here, then we started to create a list of things we liked about it. Yep. We love our house. We yep. love our neighborhood. We love you know where, great parks and great restaurants, great shopping. Exactly. You know, you know the, and so we started to make a list of all the things we liked about Las Vegas. And now, I love California as well. I love the beach and the right. ocean. But I'm perfectly happy here now. You know? and, and that's exactly it. Had we not made that list and we sat down, the two of us consciously, and said, okay, we're going to be here, what do we like about this place? Right. Otherwise, we would be depressed. We'd be complaining all the time, yeah. negative all the time. And then yeah. that negativity, again, and I'm going back to Charles Duhigg's book, The, the, uh, the Power the of Habit. The Power of yeah. Habit, uh, you know, and you understand how habits just become something we don't even consciously think of. It's a yep. part of our brain that just automatically does stuff. So negativity becomes just an automatic reaction. Oh, and on that note, um, just our last class, we learn the difference between a habit and a personality trait. Right. Which, that was fascinating to me. Because right. a lot of times we think, hey, that's just how I am. 
this is it's just my personality and it really isn't what it is is it's something you've done for so long that you think is a part of you but you are perfectly able to change that right you know with the right mindset and the changing your habits and so maybe you had somebody like your parents or whoever raised you that were around and they did something a certain way so that's a ha- you just copy it you copied their habit now you think that's your personality trait or even being impulsive you know we're saying that this morning at, at breakfast because you know i'm i'm latin so i tend to sometimes <laughs> be a little bit more impulsive tend, tend to <laughs> and uh, you know that, obviously that is a habit that is in my culture it comes from my culture so um all of those things, it, that book explains that in detail, but all of those things are things we need to change. And, and I, that's what I deal with um, when I coach people. They tell me, no, but I've always been this way. But you can change that. You, the, I, and my argument with it, this is one of the, one of the weakest arguments ever. And, and I've proven it to myself a million times over because I used to say that. Right. I've always done this. At you 57, do. old guys have a tendency to say stuff like that, yep. right? But the day you stop doing it like that and do it a different way is the day that ends. It's that simple. Right. It, it's not like this accumulates and now there's some heritage or, or tradition to it. If, it's, if you spit every time you step outside the car, you can just quit doing that. Right. Right? And so that's a different thing. Uh, we also talked about cultures. Now, cultures, there are traditions and people... Uh, traditionally do things and that's part of identifying you know your personal identity you know you're from a particular culture or a particular place geographical place or right. you know or your family and those are traditions uh, but there are other things that are just habits mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. okay we laughed right when I took you to Canada mm-hmm. and we were in the Edmonton airport you could hear a pin drop Right. Because nobody there speaks loudly. It was so odd. You go odd. to Brazil, and it's the antithesis <laughs> of that. It's just you can hear what everybody's saying from one end of the airport to the other. You yeah, know? Yeah. It's just different cultures. Right. And so, uh, but that in itself is a habit. You, I, you know, one could you, change that. Well, you you just adjust, take more you work. You can adjust that, but yeah. then to get rid of it entirely and never Very ever difficult. do that or feel bad about it worse, yeah. to feel bad about something, it's a cultural thing. It's right. where you're from. It's what your family does. Now, there's times when it's not appropriate, and you may want to adjust. And then you can look at that as not losing something, but look at it as you've gained the ability to live in two cultures. and Right, adapt. And yeah. adapt, mm-hmm. right? And so these things are... I think even looking at change itself, because nobody likes change. No. You know, we say we do, but it's always difficult. Change Very is always difficult. difficult. Yeah. But we can look at change as a positive thing if we find, make a list. What right. are the positives about this change? You know, Absolutely. what are the positives about getting fired? Well, I don't have to deal with Bob today, and I don't have to <laughs> make this commute, and I know I'm going to find a better job in time. I'm not, I'm not going to be unemployed for the rest of my life. You know, we can find a list of positive things. It helps us recover from things that are difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, the end of relationships, uh, the end of a job or, you know, anything. It can help you recover if you find a positive. And, you know, you see this so much with amputees, you know, coming back, veterans coming back. And they're learning how to walk and now they're becoming athletes and they're doing doing positive things even despite the disability. Now, and that's, that goes to the next step, which is, which is the mindset you know, I, I had a, a talk with one of my clients last week about that. Right. Um, 
that's it's it's we one, won't mention her name we will not mention her name um but <laughs> i i would just say that we've been working together for about a year now and uh, before that she has always done uh she's gotten great results but not results that she could sustain because uh, anytime she took up a diet or exercise program it was it was too drastic you know where in all fairness, you wouldn't even be healthy to continue on. And so she got results and then, you know, she went back. So it's that famous yo-yo dieting pattern. And so we've been working together for a year now and she's been making constant changes and, you know, uh, getting more tone, um, losing the weight and like that. And her body's just changing. And, but the main thing is, is that I remember the first time we talked and she's like, she was very afraid of the exercise part of the program. Um, she had never done something so complex, you know. Um, we started out slow, obviously, but I kept, like, I, I didn't go easy on her, you know. She kept doing it, so I kept pushing it and, and she responded well. And she trains right now at a top athlete level. Now, in her brain, she doesn't see herself as an athlete because she, she's, she's a wife, she's a wonderful wife, and she's an incredible mom, you know. She's a homemaker, she also volunteers in many places. She is that friend that is always there for others, but she has never seen herself or even last called herself an athlete before. And so I presented that concept to her, you know, and at first it was kind of like a shock. And I said, you know, you don't have to change anything to become that. You already are. All you need to change is your own label to yourself. I said, it's going to take a little time because this is something new. You're, you're not used to it. But what I, what I explained to her is that at this point, in, in how her, her fitness has evolved, what is holding her back to make more progress is just the mindset. Because if your mindset is, I'm a mom and a wife, and my fitness I do to, so I can wear certain things and like that, when it comes down to prioritize something, you are not going to prioritize your fitness, you know, because it's, some, it's not that important. Um, or, you know, just, it's just a million decisions we make every day that we don't think about. Yeah, and I gave that example to that. I said, you know, you take pride in being a wonderful mom. I said, so how many decisions you make all day that you don't think about, they, they just come natural to you, but you make them because that's who you are. Because you feel that you're you a wonderful feel, mom. You feel, yeah. You are a loving and faithful wife. So there's a million decisions that go into that, you know. And I said... If you become an athlete in your own mind, then you're going to make a million decisions that event automatically, automatically. and eventually word. your body will follow. Inst that word or that label yeah. comes with a, a picture in our head of what that means. Mm -hmm. When we call somebody an athlete... Yep. They're an achiever, they're courageous, they're strong. And so we I, you know And, I, and I'll a, tell you something I want to uh, I've been through that, mm -hmm. okay? I, I mean, I was an athlete growing up, but I jumped horses, so it's, it's not really seen as an athlete, 
you know, with physically with your body is is a different. It's like being a, a race car driver. You don't see them as athletes. You know, you do, but even, you don't. Even though they have to be athletes to race they cars. They are, yeah. And then right when I stopped uh, riding, I had I started yo-yo with my with my weight, and it's always like get on a diet, get off the diet, and then. At one point, I just made a decision, no, from here on forward, this is my lifestyle. And, you know, at first, you you fight the label not only from yourself but from others, especially the, the closest, the group closest to you, because they don't see you like that. They're not used to it. They've known you your whole but why life. why tell them you're what, – why, why tell them? And that's – you know what I told her? I said, imagine if you were pregnant – and you could not tell anybody, or you had decided not to tell anybody right now. You might go to an event and they say, hey, do you want a glass of wine? And it doesn't matter how much the peer pressure goes, you're not gonna have that glass of wine, because you know, right? I said, for now, all that matters is that you know you're an athlete. Right. You don't have to tell anybody that. And that's the important thing of, of minimizing outside influence. These are things that you may or may not get validation from somebody else and you really can't let your self-esteem or your success be dependent upon somebody else's you know day or how right. they feel or or their character right this is something we really have to do ourselves mm -hmm. uh it's the same thing you make that point it's the same thing you know i, I go back to our push-up challenge we did for my birthday this year we set this goal for a thousand you know we we went in there and and uh you know, when you when you think of doing a thousand, a hundred is very very easy. Right. You know, we, we talked about this with foster kids. I'll just change to that topic. That's a greater yeah. example. We talked about well, you know what? It wouldn't hurt my feelings to have five or six kids. Right. Right. And so we talked about that, and we talked about the logistics and the house we'd need, and you know, legally what we would have to do, and we talked about all the things. And then when we went back to talking about one child, it was like, oh, we can do that easily. Right. But before we started talking about the five, we're one child about, was a lot. One, what know? are we going to do? You know, yeah. we're going to have to do this or this or this. Once we talked about five, going back to one was easy. Absolutely. And, and really setting the bar high. And so, what is an athlete? Mm -hmm. Well, I work out, I eat well, I'm conscientious, you know, I make sacrifices. Uh, I get my I'm, sleep. Right, because I set goals for myself that are mm -hmm. athletic goals. Mm -hmm. That's an athlete. Now, mm -hmm. there are different levels of athletes, of course. Sure. But if you're doing that, this particular girl is an athlete. Mm -hmm. now, she, she already else, is. Yeah. Somebody else may not think she is. Somebody may not think I am. Right. But I am. Right. You know, this is what I... So if I call myself an athlete... Right. Then I get myself out of bed and I make sure I don't miss workouts. Right. You see what I mean? If I'm just working out... And that's the whole thing. It, it doesn't matter. Like we, the Olympics, you know, are just over. And am I the same kind of an athlete as, you know, Simone Biles? No. But it doesn't matter because it's not a competition and it's not a comparison. What it is, is you, you call yourself what you want to be. You call yourself how you want to live your life. So you don't have... Um, to wait until you have to make a decision to then figure out, oh, should I go right or left? Because if you already know who you are, you're never going to even question going left. Right. You're always going to go right, you know? And the thing is, is you, you use the example of Swan Biles. The thing of it is, is, 
you know, there's, there's only one of her right now. Right. You know, at this point in time. But how many millions of girls or, or boys are, you know, using her as a role model to try to get there? Well, of course, they're athletes, too. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so the point is, is the level that you're at is the level that you're at. Right. And no matter where you are, trust me, there's somebody that was at the Olympics with Simone Biles, I will assure you, yep. that felt that they felt short and felt bad about themselves right. as an athlete because they couldn't do what she could do. Right. And that's the thing. There's always going to be a reason to feel bad about yourself. Mm -hmm. But I'll guarantee you there was somebody at those Olympics as well as that didn't place as well as her that said, I'm at the Olympics. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I'm an Olympian. I'm one of the top in the world. And was fine with that. And that's the whole thing is when you look at yourself, if, if, it's not, if your whole identity is wrapped up on being a gymnast, Mm-hmm then you're not going to be a happy person. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you look at yourself and can evaluate the things, okay, am I a good spouse? Am I a good friend? Am I a good lover? Am I a good athlete? Am I, you know, and set goals for yourself in all these different areas, but then speak positively to yourself about what you're doing and who you are. And so by doing that, you're going to succeed more so. It's not about what level you're at. It's about right. whether or not you're happy and feel good about yourself. Yeah, and at the end of each day, you are going to be like, hey, I accomplished something today. Mm -hmm. You know, I made all these decisions. I feel better. I, you know, uh, I, I know for myself, you know, <laughs> I remember when I had to force myself to make certain decisions. Not force myself, but like, it, it was hard, you know. I would rather have cake than have, you know, fish and, and rice, you know what I mean? It, it's so long ago now that I don't re really remember how it feels like. But what I do know is that when we just had family here for six weeks, so we're eating out in restaurants almost every day, and I really don't feel my best. Mm -hmm. You know, the first couple of days is fun. You so know? you know you're an athlete. Yes. <laughs> and so it, it goes the, way, the other way around too, where yeah. like, okay, here, you, you, you won't gain any weight. It, nothing will change. But here, you, you go to this, you know, regular person lifestyle. It doesn't suit me because it's not who I am. And so... So it, even though you're not having success... Right. You still know you're an athlete and yes. it just helps you get back on track. Absolutely. This is the important thing, I think, out of all of this is that, you know, speaking negatively to yourself is never a great motivator. It never has legs. It, it tires out at some point and it breaks you down. Uh, when you set your goals, you know, part of that is if you want to be an athlete, if you are an athlete, um, then you, you, you don't wait till you get there. Mm-hmm. You, you act as if you are one from day one and you become what you want to be. It doesn't happen and then all of a sudden you become that thing. It never, ever works that way. Yeah. Um, and again, going back to all the books I've read, that's the one common denominator with virtually all of these people that I'm reading about is that they believe from day one that they had something special and they just worked toward that thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it just got better and better. Get as on went. the mindset and then develop the habits right. that follow that mindset. I'm a pilot. I'm a pilot. Now, I'm right. nowhere near getting my pilot's license, but I'm a pilot and I'm a good pilot. You know right. what I mean? And so I know I'll get there if I believe that and talk to myself that way now. Negativity really has no positive place in your life. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't really build anything. Mm -hmm. uh, being positive and, and lots of times um, sharing that with somebody else mm -hmm. is not the best thing. 
Right. That's your power lots of times is to have a secret. And your secret can be those things every day that you say to yourself in the mirror. Right. That's your secret. And if you do that, you're building yourself up. And if you do that, I'll guarantee you you're going to have a better day than you did the day before. No doubt. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can follow me at goodladunscripted.com. And we'll be back in a couple days with another show. Did